Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Our guest today is Kwame Asiadu, co-founder and co-CEO of BrainToy, Canada's first affordable, low or no-code machine learning solution. Kwame is a data scientist, entrepreneur, educator, and a machine learning visionary passionate about empowering the next generation of artificial intelligence and machine learning. <laughs> good morning, Kwame. Good morning, David. Uh, how are you? I am good, thank you. Thanks for uh, spending the morning with us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Good it's all morning, a mouthful. Tara. It's all a mouthful, isn't good it? Morning, when we Tara. start getting technical. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Tara. I'm good morning. not a man technical guy. And, you know. Oh, me either. But that's, uh, Kwame's here to help us yeah, because exactly. he's, he's here to help us with the non-technical stuff. So my, my best day on yeah. university was day number three because that's when I quit. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it did well for you. There you go. Uh, we don't know that yet. Yep. Um, so Kwame, for those of us who are not familiar, clearly David and I are part of that group with what low code or no code machine learning is. Can you explain what that is for us? Yeah. So um, machine learning in itself, it's basically we trying to teach the computer to make decisions um, without giving it rules. So, you know, humans can think, we can reason, we read a subject. Some of us. Some, <laughs> and uh, we understand it. And once we understand it, we can use it to make decisions. Um, you don't need to let, you don't need to wait for someone to always tell you what to do. In the same way, we're trying to teach the computer to be like a human, like the human brain. So it can look at data. It will be able to understand it, not memorize, but understand it so that it can also tell you what could happen. And this is what you will hear people talk about predictions, uh, the weather as an example. You know, we predict the weather, we predict electricity consumption. It's able to be proactively tell us what could happen in the future. And low code and no code is the new way of making machine learning accessible. Uh, think of spreadsheets. You know, when they started doing spreadsheets, people, my dad says they used to write macro, uh, you know, Fortran programming language code. Um, not many people could do it. So then there was something called Visual Calculator that was released, I think, by Microsoft. And everyone was excited, but still they thought it was command line. And now spreadsheet, in fact, you don't even need tutorials to be able to use it, right? No code, spreadsheet. So machine learning and AI has been very complex. Only software, only data scientists with master's degree and PhDs and you write long codes. So we are trying to make it, easy, such that you don't need to write a single line of code. And if you have to write code, it will just be a few comments here and there. If you know how to use a mouse and a computer, you should be good. And that is low code, no code. Interesting. Still, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, it's going beyond low code, no code. Um, It's now going to do it itself. It's called automated machine learning. And I'll give you another example. You know, um, Carl Benz, who who the automotive guy, when he invented the auto- automotive, his wife, two years later in 1888, learned how to drive. Now, later on, a lot of people who bought cars, who could afford, had chauffeurs. Mm-hmm. So these, the chauffeur would drive them. But the wife thought, no, this is not scalable. I want to learn how to drive. Now, so many years later, now look at, 
Imagine if all of us had to hire chauffeurs. Now we all learn how to drive. And so, similar to that, we're trying to get everybody to learn how to drive. This is the best way to scale machine learning. But now the cars are going to drive themselves, right? Yeah. It's the same as machine learning and AI. It's called automated machine learning. It's even here. And it's going to start getting insights and doing it by itself with a little supervision. You know, before we continue, if you can take a few minutes and explain to our listeners the whole artificial intelligence, because people use it now verbally in every presentation in every, (laughs) and half of the audience have no clue what it's about, but they're afraid to ask the question. Mm -hmm. And I asked the question a few times and people explained it to me, but I want you to kind of, in in a short version, in the short version that you have, explain the artificial intelligence to our listeners. Okay. So one intelligence, you know, we all have intelligence as humans and the way we define intelligence is when, Again, you learn whether it's from experience or somebody teaches you, you understand it and then use it to make decisions. Now, when you use it to make decisions, we say this person is intelligent if the decision is a right decision, right? We say they are smart. In the same way, the computer, we have tried to create these formulas and functions or we call them algorithms. And these algorithms, they are able to learn from data from experience, historical data, things that has happened in the past. They've happened before. And so it learns from this and then it's able to make smart decisions without you necessarily directing it that go left or go right. And so because that is in the computer and it's artificial, you know, it's not natural, like ours from our brains, that kind of intelligence is called artificial intelligence. And we try to embed it in so many different systems and applications today. So what you're saying is soon enough, we won't have to think anymore. The computer <laughs> will think for us. I, I, I think that you can never take the human out of the equation. It's very, very important. We are smart. We are way smarter. But the computer will augment what we do. There are so many mundane things and processes that we do that we don't enjoy doing. So it's going to augment what we do, but we still, we're the ones programming it, right? So we're going to oversee it. We're going to try and make it smarter but we still have to think. I think this is what we're good at. <laughs> We're with Kwame Asiadu, uh, the co-founder and co-CEO of Brain Toy. So maybe it'll help uh, just tie it all together. If you can give us some examples of some of the industries that you've worked with. Like I know um, I read about the trucking industry. So maybe give an example of how the AI helped the trucking industry with efficiency. Yeah, thank you. So in supply chain, there is, it's said that about 40% of the miles of trucks are, are empty. So they load a truck, they go to a place, they don't get load back. Those are called empty miles. Those empty miles cost them a ton of money. So imagine if you can arm a, a, a dispatcher with this information by predicting ahead of time that this truck going to this location is going to come back empty. And by the way, my confidence level is maybe 90%. Then the dispatcher can plan, which load do I take? Which one should I not take? Which route should I take? Which other vendor should I speak to? So this prediction of empty miles is what uh, is one of the use cases for this tracking industry in the supply chain. And it's proven to be very useful because now they are not just about, it's not just about reducing the cost of tracking, but they're also even reducing their carbon footprint because the cars are not just driving 
anywhere, just driving and coming back. Empty. It's full on the way back because they're able to predict. Exactly. So they're proactive and they can increase, they can reduce their costs. They can also increase their profits. And if you want, I can leave, uh, there are other examples. Uh, In fact, in Calgary, we work with a company called Truflow Insurance Um, Technologies. It's an insurance company. And they're doing something wonderful. You know how you go online and you want to shop for insurance and you have to provide like 25 different information for one insurance company Uh. and then wait a long time for someone to call you. And they thought, no, we want to create convenience. Convenience means you don't have to provide 25 information for one insurance. So if you want discounts, you have to shop for like six different insurance. By applying machine learning and AI, we're able to learn and identify that, okay, you don't, not 25, you can just provide five, the five top things that can help us make a decision because there are people similar to you. And AI can learn from this behavioral pattern. So now when you provide just this information, they can give you a code faster and say, your insurance could be between this and that. And by the way, these are the discounts you can qualify for. And these are the companies that could offer you that those discounts. And to them, this has reduced their cost of acquisition. Now they are also able to get more leads. And the, the amount of time it takes them to give a quote has reduced drastically. And the result is just profitability. So when I go, as you said, we Google, we get to one of those uh, sites on whether it's a trucking or insurance there is a point that the machine, um, the computer is limited and the human kind of impact has to be involved? Yes, yes. And, and, and that's why I say you, you cannot take the human out of the equation. They always say human in the loop. So even, even some of these decisions that are made, there is an oversight. So it's automated and people use it. But, you know, those reports will be sent to someone, you know, like an agent who will now take it. They will make sure the assessment is always right. Also, things change all the time. The characteristics today will be different from the characteristics tomorrow. So you have to monetize it so that you can always reteach that AI system so that it will always be current. We're with Kwame Asiadu, uh, co-founder and co-CEO of Brain Toy. When we come back after the break, we'll chat about SATE students. I want to know what you're learning from those students as an instructor and just find out a little bit more about him as an entrepreneur. We'll be right back. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs. Embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. We're with Kwame Asiadu, uh, co-founder and co-CEO of Brain Toy. Um, so, Kwame, you're an instructor at SATE, and you're teaching students about artificial intelligence, AI, and ML, mas- machine learning. So what have you learned from those students? Yeah. So w- one, one of the things I've learned from them, it, it's actually affirmed a belief that I had that anyone can actually learn and apply this technology. Because we've had people come in and they, they say, hey, I'm from the hospitality business. I have no clue what this is. All I know how to use is spreadsheets. We've had people uh, come in from supply chain. We've had people from communication come in. But 
by the end of the program, they're building amazing solutions using the domain knowledge that they had. Some had pivoted into data space, which is a, a new career um, space for them. Some have gone back to their previous community, um, their previous career path, but now they can all of a sudden see so many opportunities. I've had somebody say, I wish I knew this when I went for my interview 10 years ago mm. or when I was a, a leader in this organization five years ago because we had all these problems and I could not spot the opportunities for AI or how I could proactively solve them. So are people coming to the SAIT class then to um, bump up their knowledge of their industry or is this a a new path for them? What kind of students are you getting? Because I'm thinking, oh, I I feel like I could have used that in my last job as well. But is that something that you do on the side? Yeah, well, we've had two categories of people. So there are people that come in and want to stay in their current industry. Mm-hmm. And they want to acquire this knowledge and see how it can help them grow in that industry, solve, you know, improve things in those in, uh, efficiencies or whatever you will call it. And those people, we, we say they want to um, improve their skills. And then we have, we have people who just want to uh, reskill, basically. They want to pivot. Uh, oil and gas, for example, a lot of people want to pivot from oil and gas and move into other industries. And when they come in, they have this knowledge. But when they, once they acquire the supplied AI, now they are able to venture into other places. In fact, we have people, we started just last year, but we have P- Microsoft. We have some people from our cohort working at Microsoft. Um, there are uh, Alta ML has hired people from, from, which is another AI company here. Um, uh, there is a pharmaceutical company that has hired C- uh, C- CIBC, and RBC have hired people from Calgary and sponsored them to Toronto, moved them, their complete family. So mm-hmm. this is really a need. There is a need uh, here. And uh, we hope that well, as we begin to empower people, we'll be able to fill that need. So, so you see this taking over every industry? It fits every industry? Or are, are there industries that you say, you know what, that doesn't make sense to that specific industry? Um, so AI has been described as the new electricity. And you can think of no company can function today without electricity. And in fact, when you are hired, nobody teaches you about electricity. You're just given a laptop and we know, we know that you know how to, how to operate it by plugging it in. So now the conversation has shifted from which industry will AI impact to, can we identify which industry will not be impacted by AI? Hmm. And there is none. In fact, there is only one that I heard somebody talk about, which is the hairdressing industry. Um, you know, somebody, AI, some robot cutting your head. Uh, <laughs> your, your hair and will you trust it and, and but even that no that, yeah right no so, I would so not I have, I have another industry the nail nail salons yeah. oh yeah yeah no I wouldn't do that no but um, in fact it's difficult to think of an industry that will not be impacted by this technology and it's been said that if your competitor is thinking this way and you are not rushing in to also embrace this technology they're going to crash you and we've seen examples of that now, and it's going to happen more in the future. When I was reading your bio, I saw that you are a co-president. And uh, as somebody who has worked with many presidents in in my career, I'm thinking, how's that working? Two presidents at the same level um, overseeing one company. How do you make that work? Yeah, so what what we do is that we we split the responsibilities. Uh, We do have, what we find in so many organizations is that you know, usually marketing people are at the top and they make decisions and the product people 
are kind of, you know, below. The salespeople keep, keep moving up. Um, but product is very important because the product has to be suitable. And so they all have to be at the same place, the same room making decisions. And this is why we decided to go with this approach. So product and marketing are in the same room. I know what you need. Uh, you tell me what you need and I make sure I, I build it in the product. Um, so one is president of marketing and one is president of product. Yeah. And we make decisions together. In fact, there are, there are three of us. So we make decisions and we make sure it's always in line with the vision of the company. And so if you disagree, how do you move forward? There are three of us. So majority carries the vote. Oh, three presidents. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Sorry. I thought there were two. Yeah. Okay. We, we well, chose then the odd number for a reason. So Okay. <laughs> well, that makes sense. That was good thinking. Yeah. So it's worked out so far then. So far, it's worked pretty well. Oh, good. Yeah. So, so I want to kind of go down to earth <laughs> back again. How can AI help my business grow? And it doesn't matter. I'm in the real estate industry, but yeah. just an example. How do you think now that I put you on the spot, you come to sell to me the services, how can AI help uh, my real estate brokerage grow? Mm-hmm. I, I will give you a specific example in, in, in real estate, but before that, I'll talk in general terms. Yeah. I think you can think of how can I remove mundane processes? You can think of how can I be proactive in serving my customers. Sorry, mundane processes to the client or for me? Both. So, okay. so processes that inhibit you from serving your clients well because it's going to affect their satisfaction as they work with you. Okay. Right? Um, how can I be proactive as an example? Now, in the real estate industry, there are companies today that are trying to um, look at blueprints of buildings and it's called computer vision. If you have these blueprints and architect, they can easily tell you how much it's going to cost you to build this type of building, right? You just fit it into a system. Uh, there are agents today that real estate agents that work to sell and also help buy. Now with AI, what they are trying to do is that they are trying to bridge the seller and the buyer such that they can easily evaluate the, the, the price of a building uh, in fact, there's a company here in Calgary doing that. They can evaluate the price of it, but they can tell you that, hey, your building is going to cost between this much and that much. And all they need to do is provide that information. And they can learn from historical data because they have a ton of them. So now people can, ju- I can just go online and I can just provide that information. And I know that, oh, this is how much it's going to cost for me to sell my building. And they will connect me with somebody who is going to sell. This is one way in which they are trying to be proactive in this in this area. We have about two minutes left. Kwame Asiadu, the co-founder and co-CEO of, of Brain Toy. Um, so you have businesses all over the world, <clears throat> doing business all over the world, Ghana, Kuwait, Germany, Bangladesh. How does Canada measure up against other countries in terms of AI implementation? <laughs> yeah, so this is, there is, a, there is a, a report that came out just about a couple of weeks ago from Ipsos. And it said that Canada's are the least likely to adopt AI. They did a survey between 28 countries, US, Germany, all of that. And in almost all categories, Canada was last. 36% of Canadians, only 36% of Canadians think that AI will improve their lives in some way. And in fact, in this 36%, most of them are youth. Canada led only in one category. Guess what that category was? 
skepticism about AI. <laughs> really? Yeah, 49% of Canadians are, are nervous awesome. about, about, about this technology. So Why do you think that is? It, it boils down to familiarity with the technology. Uh, you know, when people don't know about it, they are nervous, they are scared. And there are also a lot of boundaries. You know, people don't know. They think it's expensive. Some people are afraid. They think it will take away their jobs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not the case. In fact, AI in almost every case have created new jobs and new revenue streams. Granted, sometimes it will take away some jobs, but it creates new jobs. You just have to be adaptable to learn a new skill. But AI is not the only thing that has taken away jobs. Maps, for example, we, there were companies that used to print maps. Now, where are they? Google Maps took them away, right? Um, newspapers, you know, people don't buy them anymore. But the ones who are able to adapt, create more jobs, they even create new revenue streams. So, yeah, it's a problem. But I think with time, we're going to get there with trying to get people familiar with it so they can embrace this technology. It's going to help us build a, a great uh, economy in the near future. Our guest this morning was Kwame Asiado. Thank you, Kwame, for teaching us not to be afraid of in artificial <laughs> intelligence and start using it and, and try to implement it and maybe shift Canada higher on the totem pole of people that believe in AI. Yeah. So uh, Kwame is the co-founder and co-CEO of BrainToy. Thank you again for being with us. Thank you for having me. Tara, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and Kwame's making it more affordable for yes, AI too. That's so the most accessible important. to everybody. Yes. Thanks, Kwame. Thank you for having me. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com.